Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, the podcast where we learn from cybersecurity experts how to stay safe, private, and secure on the cloud and in code. CSCP is hosted by Francesco Cipollone, your cybersecurity friend with a passion for all things cyber and sharing stories of other professionals with you. This episode is sponsored by AppSec Phoenix, the next generation application security platform, enabling organizations to run application security programs in a smart way. Visit www.appsecphoenix.com to learn more. And, and we have a question actually on, on the sideline from, from Masha about how did you start in CrossFit? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've been doing it, I don't know, four or five years now on and off. I had been, I guess I've been stagnating a bit. So I'd been cycling a lot. There was, I, I spent a lot of time working about 15, 16 miles from where I lived when I was in Harpenden and cycled most days to work and then did a bit of kind of traditional gymming. So, you know, biceps and chest or whatever. It's a uh, lot of cycling. Uh, yeah, so I did, I did that kind of three to five days a week. You probably usually about three or four days a week, plus some gym and stuff. And I'd kind of been doing that for a while. I was in a bit of a rut. Then I kind of came across the CrossFit thing and had completely unrealistic expectations about how good I'd get at it, but thought it'd be some fun uh, and just got into it. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's just good fun. And it's, it's, you get to throw weights around and have a laugh and, you know, I, I can preach about it a little bit, whether it's CrossFit or, you know, any, any, you know, it doesn't have to be that brand, right. But any kind of well put together sort of you know, functional fitness type program, you get to do a variety of things, whether it's you know, a bit of lifting, body weight stuff, running, rowing, cycling, jumping on boxes, burpees, kettlebells, you know, it's just a huge range of things, but the classes, you all do the same thing. So like inf- infinitely scalable is kind of the term. So like take a pull up, mm. I'm going to, so you can do a pull up where you obviously you pull down to get your chin over the bar. You can do that to get your chest to the bar. You can do it, you know, there's various gymnastic ways of doing more of them, but you can also do it with a band or jumping or with your feet just on a box. So you can use your legs a little bit to pull yourself up, but using your legs to help. So you can do a bunch of ways of doing the same movement, but with a different scale so that everyone from someone who's like an international fire breathing athlete to your gran at the end of the class will have done effectively the same workout. There may be less range of movement, lighter weights, modified movements, but they'll have done the same workout. And at the end of it, they're all high fives. They're all you know fist bumps, lying on the floor, sweating away. But you've done the same thing. And it builds mm-hmm. great camaraderie because you do it together. And one of the things I love about the kind of classes we do is if it's a workout, you tend to have two workout types of workout. They're either for time. So it's how many, it's, it's you'll do a set number of reps and finish after X minutes. Or they're within a given time, how many can you do? So it'll be a 20 minute long workout or whatever. And you do as much as you can in that time. For the ones where it's not for time, where it's where it's four time, sorry. So you're doing X reps for and how quickly you can do them. It might be you know, deadlifts and running and box jumps. You've got to do 50 of each and a hundred meter run or whatever it is. You do the people who finished cheer on the people who are still, who haven't finished. So it's not like, That's Hey, nice. yes, yeah, so there's no kind of like, you know, you get a bit of bounce cause we're, 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 we're gym people, right. And we're, we're a bit silly, <laughs> but, 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 but fundamentally it's actually really about the camaraderie and helping people. And if you're the last person in the gym, if you're the last person to finish a certain workout, you'll probably find everyone else is around you, cheering you on and, and clapping you and, and giving you encouragement, not being, Hey, I won. So there's none of that. It's all about, being a being a group of people together supportive yeah it's really good that's why i kind of love it that's why i did the couple of the coaching courses and i i do i've had a little hiatus because of work but i'm going back to it uh, in a couple of weeks just doing a night a week of coaching because i just enjoy it 
And it's a bit different from the office, right? I get to jump up and down and shower at people. Yeah. Which isn't that much different from the office, but it is a little bit. <laughs> so you do boot camp. You should do security boot camp while doing CrossFit. <laughs> oh yeah, I've, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been telling my team they're gonna have to come along and 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 do a workout with me. At some oh, point. I'm in for it. I'm in for yeah. it. Marsha's been <laughs> chasing me for for trying CrossFit, <laughs> so I, I I need to. <laughs> cool. <laughs> But uh, on, on, on the subject, actually, how important is is for you to do sport and to balance sport and work? So how, how important is, is that fine balance? Um, so I think it's, you know, it's whether it's sport or something else. I think having some hobbies outside of work are super important. You know, whatever your job is, if you've got a stressful job, you know, I guess one thing that's interesting about security and other operational roles is you're sort of always on. So you're always like, could something happen? Is something going to happen? So yeah. even though I'm, you know, I'm not on call in terms of being paid to be on call. I am on call 24-7, right? If something bad goes wrong, I'm going to be involved. It's your face. Yeah. So having having an outlet that de-stresses you and takes your mind off it is really, really important. And that, you know, it could be stamp taking, it could be sport, it could be tiddlyrinks, right? It doesn't really matter necessarily what it is. Um, it's just something where you've got a hobby, you've got a passion that is separate from what you do for your day job. Obviously, I also think there's some other benefits of sport, right? In terms of it makes you healthier, it makes you more resilient. It gives you discipline because you turn up and do it. So like last night, I was I was pretty tired. I dropped my little one back to her mum, but I needed to go, you know, I should have done, I needed to do some exercise. So I got to gym like 20 past eight, it shut at nine, but I still got in there. I still did my squats and a few pull-ups and got it done, right? So it gives you that kind of discipline where you're going to go and get it done. Um, and you feel better. Think, yeah, you feel you feel awesome. But but I think having some having some discipline and being reasonably healthy just makes you better at stuff so yeah i recommend to anyone you know, it doesn't have to be crossfit whether it's running crossfit going to the gym do some exercise be healthy yeah <laughs> you know I, I kind of i'm a huge fan of some resistance work doing some work with with weights hugely mm-hmm. benefits you in terms of everything from bone density to to you know overall strength you know and, and you, we all know the stats on how much weaker and how much you know more kind of fat to muscle people get as they get older you know it's you lose yeah. i can't put it the exact stats but it's, you know, it's a pound or two of, of muscle every decade of your life if you don't work really hard to kind of keep it from like 20 30 onwards so you know it, it makes a huge difference to be able to do things you know pick up your child run for the bus whatever be happens fit. to be yeah you know so i think yeah so it's just yeah being fit and healthy is is hugely beneficial and combining being fit and healthy with having some passions outside of your job just helps you wind down takes your mind off it and just gives you that kind of ability to be resilient and deal with things. And would you ever would you ever make it mandatory as uh, as part of the hiring or not? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. If you don't do CrossFit, say, I'm not, not going to hire. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty pretty limiting. Given given that I'm a massive um, proponent for kind of diversity and building diverse teams, I'm not sure that kind of goes too well. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If if I could nudge my team to be healthier, I would definitely would and not saying not healthy but just in, yeah, in general i think i think being healthy and, and and getting out there is super important but that could just be a walk right if you just regularly go out for a walk that's better for you than not so or a bike at home during the ride. call like Stu does yeah <laughs> you know, get outside get, get some fresh air no but i think it's great and and trying to mix that uh, i mean working from home or like Stu does like work from home and sometimes is at meeting and has the chance to actually jump on a bike and, and sweat it a little bit, I think should be more encouraged rather than just purely, I mean, not in traditional environment, not in office environment, because that might be challenging. But if you work from home, uh, I tend to find that you, you're much more static than in an office. So maybe 
meeting on a bike. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's it's and it also helps you think, right? So the the reality is, especially if you're in kind of a I don't know what the term is, like thought leadership type role. So you're more solve you're solving problems or trying to kind of work out how to deal with things, whatever else. Sitting at your desk trying to solve it and desperately trying to think about it often doesn't get you there but you go out for a walk you think about some other stuff and you free up you know you know your left brain or whatever it is to do some thinking mm-hmm. and and give you some answers you solve problems we all know that you're sitting there watching tv or going for a wonder and you're like oh and you know an answer to a question someone asked you a week ago pops, bulb. In, pops in your head right and so yeah so there's a great i think there's a lot to be said for for that kind of just giving yourself freedom to think and Going for a walk to solve problems isn't not working, right? If, if if I see one on my team and they go out and they have a walk around a block for a little while and come back and they've solved something, they're delivering really cool work. They've given themselves the space to solve a problem. So yeah, so and that's how you measure that's how you measure productivity, not just with numbers, right? Oh, absolutely. I don't care where my team is in terms of that. You know, we have to have some presence in the office because of what we do, um, especially in our London office because we, we we're on the same floor as our exec. So I always like to make sure there's at least some people in the office. So if something happens or an exec's got a question, they're not like, oh, we're security. But fundamentally, we're really flexible. All of my team does a bunch of homeworking. I've got two. I think soon to be three people who are almost entirely remote. So they come in the office maybe once every couple of months. You know, we're spread back. We're spread across more more than one country and multiple offices anyway, right? So for me, it's it's deliver awesome work, be engaged, and kind of you know, get get what needs to be done done. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's not about presenteeism. It's not about you know is your is your bum on a seat in the office nine to five thirty. It's about are you engaged? Are we helping you be do a great job? And are are you able to be you know it's a terrible social media term, but, you know, be your best self. You know, if, if someone's more introverted or quieter or they've got family reasons to work funny hours or whatever else, go for your life. Go for it. Yeah. No, I think I think you make you make employee more linked to the company, to you, because they, it just that flexibility that, that helps a lot. And I, and I entirely embrace being hidden everywhere, talking at conference, you know, mixing that, that family and uh, home life plus work life. I think it's... It's key, but you you touch a point on diversity. So, what are what are the key thing that you encourage people to do on diversity? You know, I'm big on diversity, and and we we had we had <laughs> different clashing opinions here and there. And I think having being opinionated is is challenging nowadays uh, for a reason or another. But what will be your suggestion to follow CISO, follow community to get more diversity, and not just women in cyber? Um, so. For me, it's you know, it's yeah. There's there's it's just being a great team to work for as much as possible. Being flexible, being open to different ways of working, and you have to be open to challenge. So, like like you touched on, the the more cognitive diversity you have in a team, the more different ways you have thinking about things, the more different viewpoints you have, the more chance will be of disagreement. But that's mm. good because then you'll get better solutions. So as long as you kind of build or foster kind of a culture of of kind of positive disagreement. Not in, t- you know, in in terms of people can disagree and be adult about it and have a discussion and agree the way forward, you'll get much better outcomes. So it's really nice. Like I touched on when, when I first joined here, it was kind of the Kev show for a while. And that's kind of cool because everyone's like, yeah, that's the right thing to be doing. Hey, that's great. You're awesome. But that doesn't get you to the best outcomes over time. So you need people who think differently. You need people who are going to say, no, Kev, that's a stupid idea. You should do it like this. And for me to go... <laughs> I don't really, like, yeah yeah for me to like lay the smack down but no it's, it's, <laughs> it, but 
But the reality is you, you need that and you need to foster that uh, and you need to have a culture where people can do that. And I think one of the things you have to be really aware of is how people like to communicate as well. So it's really easy to kind of think the high flyers in your team are the ones that are most out there, that are chatting the most, that are talking the most. And you see them engaged everywhere and they're doing stuff and it's great. And they're probably doing great work. But you may also have quieter people who are you know a bit more introverted a bit more anxious whatever else and they do their communication via slack channels or via other things that so they're quieter or they're just do, delivering awesome work because they, they, you know they've got some projects to deliver on or whatever um so i think you have to be really aware of of how people best communicate and how to get the best out of them mm. and recognize that people will contribute in very different ways so that you don't end up giving promotion after promotion to the people you see doing the most sort of visible out there vocal yeah. stuff yeah and it, it's creating that culture that allows those different ways of comms as well so you have you know, when you're trying to solve problems, you may have, you know, meetings and you may have chats and you may have a presentation someone's working on and a Slack channel and you make sure you try and bring them together so that people can contribute in a way that works best for them. Same with the flexible working stuff, right? If, if you if you demand people being in the office, those who've got families or those who've got, you know, people they're looking after or even pets or whatever else will be challenged. If you're flexible about your working and flexible about the hours people work as much as you can be and everything else you make it easier for people with different challenges and different lives and different lifestyles mm. to, to to be part of your team but yeah for me it's this we've because our team in canada for example is like six eight hours behind us if i've got people who love a lie-in and work a bit later that works really well because they'll be they'll be more crossover with the people in canada so you know you there's always benefits to, to different ways of working whether it's longer coverage because you've got people working different hours or because people are engaged you know we had a a, a small incident a year or so ago and it involves some kind of cloud stuff and because they're engaged and because people they want to help and because we treat people well probably half or two-thirds of our cloud security team jumped on a call with the secops team to help them do it even though they weren't on technically on call so you know you get that kind of back in space if you treat people well and build that team where people are trusted and empowered and feel great about your team you get it back more than you you know far more than a bit of presenteeism because they'll go the extra mile. Yeah, you trust them to do the right yeah. thing, but they'll they'll want to help. So so I think I think yeah, if you if you need a selfish reason for building a really good team and treating people well, it's that you'll get more out of them. You know, if if, if you need that selfish kind of why why should I do it, you'll get more. You'll get more delivery, you'll get a team that's happier, you'll get less churn. So as as a leader of a team, it makes your life far better. And you'll hopefully attract better people because it's like, hey, they're a great company to work for. You only have to look up, you know stew's super vocal but there's a bunch of people on my team who <laughs> but, but but look at the stuff he's putting out there he's like you know i found my dream job this is a great place to work so you know by doing that you get advocates as well yeah. so you get people who go the extra mile for you you get better outcomes you get better you know better engagement you get less churn and you get av- people advocate for how good it is to work for you so when you do need to grow or you do need to replace people you'll hopefully find better people because your team's going hey this is a great place to work come and join us so yeah, and it's you, you don't rely on the traditional recruitment, and you have also that that channel of people that want to get yeah. to you. Yeah, well, like our TA team loves us because we we ninety percent of our roles we fill ourselves ourselves. So they get oh, that's great. They get as yeah you know, when when we have churn or when we grow, our talent acquisition team kind of get a really easy ride because they get to kind of close security roles without having to necessarily, <laughs> necessarily do too much work. I mean, they're a great team, but it's just yeah, you know, we've got good networks and, and we we focus on kind of getting stuff out there and trying to keep our job specs simple we had a couple slip out last year that were a bit more complicated but we kind of rein them in yeah that's my miss but yeah so it's yeah I, I, for me it's it's you know i don't do a how do i get you know this this diversity or that diversity i just try and be a cool place for anyone and then hopefully that kind of just brings the diversity by anyone can work here 
you know, I think I use the one of the examples I use in terms of kind of how you have to kind of think think a bit differently or, or look beyond how someone looks is I used to coach a guy in, in the Blackfriars where I coached before where I'm now. He was called Ravi. Hopefully, you won't mind me mentioning him, but he was profoundly deaf. Right, so he he was a middle class white guy. So if I hired him and he's walked past my my bank of desks, you go, oh look, Kev's hired another middle class white guy. But he was profoundly deaf from the day he was born. So his way of looking at the world was totally different to mine, and it made me think about how how I integrate interacted with him because the number of times I would shout Ravi across the gym and then have to smack my head because I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, well done, Kev. That won't work. <laughs> you're shout, you're shouting at a deaf guy across the room. Literally. Yeah. So, so, so you know, so, so it, it, you look for, look, you know, try to, try to make how you, where you work, as good as possible and as open as possible for anyone. Embrace that diversity. Embrace challenge. Creative and also thinking. Also. Learn from yourself how when, when you have people who are different, whether it's mental differences in terms of you know do they have anxiety or asperger's or anything else that, that makes that their way they interact with you differently your physical disabilities just changes whatever it is try and then you have to try and think about how you interact with people as well and you have to mm-hmm. be really open to learning how to interact better because you might not be doing it well this episode is brought to you by the generosity of AppSec Phoenix Limited. AppSec helps startups and enterprises solve complex software security problems by using smart data aggregation and complex machine learning software. Discover how AppSec Phoenix helps CISO and developers remove friction and maximize the use of DevSecOps professionals at www.appsecphoenix.com. AppSec Phoenix is the new and smart dev first way to manage your software vulnerability. Follow the tag, hashtag AppSecSmart. And how do you, have you ever had challenge where you were in a particular stressful situation or stressful condition of the company and you had different people just cracking under pressure because they were different mindset, different things, or not performing that well under stress? Um, so we've had some examples of, of, of that kind of stuff. And it's, again, it comes back to being that you know, support you know, manager or leader, whatever term you want to use, but being as supportive as you can and allowing people space. If, if someone is, is struggling, much as you may need the work to get done, you have to actually step back and, and say, you're more important than the work. So mm. I always say to my team, you and your family are more important than the work. Look after yourselves. So, you know, whether it's someone's got to you know, take you know, if their child needs operation or they, they're not feeling great or they're feeling overwhelmed, whatever it is, take that time you need to look after yourself. Obviously, I can't give any specific examples because that's, that's, yeah, that's, no, that, that, that's, that's private. But, yeah, I, I, I'm very big on how, how can I support the team and when people need it, you know, obviously, you know, they let them take the time they need to make sure they're okay because they're, they're going to come back. And, again, it goes back to what I was saying before, right? If, you're, if you look after your team and make sure they're okay, you then don't have someone who either leaves or ends up on long-term sick or whatever else. And then when they do when they do come back and want to want and, and get stuck in yeah, and get involved, they're again, you know, I don't know if you know, they're grateful or they understand that you treated them well and, and looked after them. So you get it mm. back even more because you have people like, this is really cool. Passion you know, and commitment. Yeah. And, and I've been looked after and, and, and Kev took some heat or our team took some heat for not delivering X or Y or someone else in the team picked up some extra work to make sure we did deliver it so that I could be okay. And now I'm going to make sure I look after the rest of my team and I'm really passionate and, and engaged with the team. So, yeah, again, you can always put, if, if you need it, it's always a selfish slant on this, which is you get more back and you get a better team. Um, 
but there's also the fact that and I, you I have feel- to deliver to the business in the yeah. end so you're responsible your face is on it but as a leader as it's a great leader that you demonstrate to to be how do you shelter your team and and for me it's it's you know it provides endless satisfaction if i've helped someone and got them through something a difficult time or helped them out that's probably too strong helped them get through a difficult time and made sure they knew their job was safe and they they came came back to it and they've been looked after the satisfaction i get out of helping people and knowing that you know i've been a positive impact on their life and they they'll always remember it's yeah for me well it's not about what they think it's just for me it's really satisfying that i've got to help someone and i've I'm in a privileged position where I get to kind of run my team how I want and I get to you know, make sure I can look after my team as well as I can. That's amazing. And we have another question, a little bit challenging from Ivano about your opinion about recruiter. <laughs> I'm not going to read the second part. <laughs> that, um, there's tend to be opinionated about a lot of fields. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... Yeah, I mean, it's their recruiters, right? Their job is to find people. Their job isn't necessarily to be experts in all of the things we do. And I think that's where some of the challenges come from because when you're recruiting for, you know, some of the experienced recruiters do have quite a good sense for kind of, is this guy telling or person, sorry, telling the truth or not? But because they're not experts at field X, if I come in with a shiny looking CV and go, hey, I smashed doing X, they may well, they're probably going to believe that and then pass them on. So for, for recruiters that aren't, security experts in our fields i guess yeah bullshit filter excuse my french is is is, you know what (laughs) what they have to have right but but if that's what they've got they haven't got the expertise they have to be good at sniffing out is this true or not and Mm. obviously they can then pass you candidates that aren't amazing because the candidate told them they were amazing so you know i I kind of get their pain a little bit um and it's a bit of a niche field so it must be harder Um, but equally they do charge a lot of money so i guess we can expect that Unlike you know all things, there's good recruiters and bad recruiters. I work with some really good ones that specialize in that field. And Getting involved in the community. Yeah, they're the same. They're, it's the same as any kind of sales thing, right? If if you're if they're easy to work with, they don't harass you. They help you when you need it. They might touch base every now and then, but then you know the amount of spam I get was just, hey, I've I'm, I've got this great person that's looking for a role, and it's like I haven't told you I'm hiring. Why are you sending me this stuff? Yeah. So you know they they make a bad name for themselves with the kind of the cold calling approach they do. I think Ivan's, Ivano's added a follow-up, which is, isn't there the possibility? He's a gatekeeper. Which is the same problem with HR and tick boxes, right? Which is if you've put a bunch of specs on out there that says must have XYZ, must have degree, whatever else, it won't get through the, the HR or people team. Same thing with, with recruiters. You could be Someone could have sent a recruiter a great who would be great for your team, but because they'd miss a tick box or haven't got the right keywords, the recruiter could filter them out. So yeah, that's absolutely a great point. You know, and that's why I think LinkedIn and things are so powerful because, um, you know, there's a lot of problems with social platforms that we can touch on separately. But for things like job hunting, if you're looking for a job, a lot of companies will advertise them on there. If you're looking for people, having your networks and that power of, you know, if you know someone and you say, hey, Kev, this 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 person's really cool. You, you probably should have a chat with them if you're looking for this type of person. I probably will. So that kind of recommendation stuff and someone personally getting in touch, I think, you know, it's also really important in terms of, you know, whether it's, you know, I would normally point them towards that TA team first because that's, that's you know, they, they like to kind of do a little initial sort of touch yeah. base and, and, and keep a record of who's applying. So it's, that's that's all captured. But the reality is it's those kind of things do circumvent recruiters quite a lot. But equally, good recruiters are really helpful, you know, because you know that if they sent you five candidates, they've done some screening, the recruiter knows yeah. what you're looking for. And especially if you've built up a bit of a relationship with the recruiter, they know a bit about you and the a bit culture. About, yeah, the culture and stuff. So it can help filter stuff, good and bad. 
And like everything, there's good ones who are great to work with and there's bad ones, like there's bad salespeople in all fields. And Lisa, what is the toughest challenge you have faced in your current role? Probably getting out of my own and my team's way, I think. So as I've kind of grown into the role and, and built and built the bigger team, it's kind of what I touched on before. It's, it's getting used to not knowing literally everything that's happening and doing the best job. You know, and it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it, and also realizing that then lets me be better at what I need to be. So, you know, a lot of my role is keeping stuff out of my way as team, unblocking things for the team, making sure the board and the exec support what we do, getting approval for our budget, all of those kind of things that if I do means my team can then focus on doing what they need to, knowing they've got the support, knowing that they've got the budget, whatever else. So yeah, getting out my own way and my team's way, I think, and just learning to be, I don't know, you know I guess leader is, I hate using that term because it sounds like I'm calling myself an awesome leader, but I guess- Yes, yeah, you can, be, you can. Be, you demonstrate, but, but you yeah, talk to us as a leader, being, so- you, so being that's kind of you know being being a leader for the team and not so much of a doer. So you know, and it's I love tech stuff, right? So I do try and get a bit involved. You know, I'm in an AWS call tomorrow or meeting tomorrow. So just because I want to learn about what's going on, um, I don't strictly have to be there. But yeah, so it's it's getting out that way and it's it's letting my team be awesome at what they do, whilst not meddling too much. So we almost running uh, close to the time, so I don't want to, I don't want to hold you for more. But if we can leave everybody with like a positive message around cybersecurity or the community or whatever you want to leave, give, give us, give us ten seconds or, or how much, how much time you want for a positive message for the community and and for cyber. So I think the positive message is be positive, right? We we all love this. If <laughs> if, if, if you're in security, you probably love what you do. You know, you, you don't. There's a few people, I think, getting into it because of money, but you can soon sniff them out. But I think reality is if you're doing something you're passionate about, you know, be, be, remind yourself how lucky we are. You know, we're working in a field that's really interesting. We have to learn stuff new every day. We can earn a reasonable salary doing it. We're probably fairly safe in our, our careers, maybe not in our jobs, that specific job, but certainly career-wise, it's a good place to be. And, you know, most of us are, because it's a decent career and a decent place to be, probably able to feed ourselves and our families and we've got you know, roofs above our head and all of those kind of things we just take for granted right so as, as someone just said we could be working in a coal mine <laughs> exactly right so, so you know literally it's really easy to get sucked into the you know burnout it's hard politics no one appreciates us no one cares about security but they do because they're paying a salary right so you know fundamentally just try to just just take that little moment every day to go you know, I am grateful for my life being awesome. And I'm, you know, touch wood, most of us are healthy, have friends, have family, have jobs. If we don't have jobs, we probably get another job fairly easily because of, you know, security, skill shortage, you know, buzzword, buzzword. Yeah, so it's, yeah, just that. And I, I do that to myself because it's really easy. You know, you get to the end of a month and you've you've burnt your cash or you're giving, you know, you're, 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 you've had a divorce or you've whatever else you've, you've gone through. You know, obviously I say that because I've just done it. But, you know, it's really easy to get kind of negative and obviously the constant onslaught of attacks and am I going to be breached as a constant worry, but be positive. Life is great. Your job's cool. You're learning new stuff and you've got to keep learning to stay on top of things. So if you like learning, it's the right place to be. And we've got a good community. There's a few, there's a few things go very bad, but if you, you know, if you generally look at the by and large of people who are positive contributors, the amount of positive stuff and support on you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever else meetups is huge you know the amount of meetups that people run for the love of doing it and just to have engagement and talk to people so i think we have a really really good community and i think we we very easily forget that so remember the awesome community in be positive and be thankful for your awesome life 
Thank you very much for the great message, for the positive message. And thank you for coming on the call, Kevin. It's been an absolute pleasure. And probably we, we need we need to do a follow-up on this one, on a few other bits and bobs. I had like a long list of questions I want to talk about. But unfortunately, we reached close to the time. I really thank you for the time. And yeah, see you next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Cheers, guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and post it on social media tagging Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Discover other episodes at www.cybersecuritypodcast.com.